This is episode 93 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we'll be talking about worshiping in hard times with Skylar. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Hey, Christian Travelers, I am so glad that you are here. Skylar Boone is joining us to talk about how we can worship in the hard times, and I think all of us can relate to that in some manner. But before we dive into that, I want to once again point you to our website, christiantravelers.net. There you'll find other faith and travel resources, along with links to our Facebook, Instagram, and our new Ultimate Travel Kit. But without further ado, Skylar Boone is a believer, husband, pilot, teacher, and avid adventurer. Hey, Skylar, how's it going? It's going really well, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me with you today. I'm so glad to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're kind of an adventurist. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. uh, Guilty as charged. (laughs) I I grew up in, in an aviation family. My dad was a commercial pilot. My mom was a flight attendant. So I was exposed to travel from a very young age, uh, came to love it, came to enjoy it. And I currently have uh, several uh, jobs as a pilot. So I'm grateful and blessed to be able to travel uh, both overseas and domestically quite a bit. And everywhere that I go, whether it's for work or pleasure, I always try to seize the opportunity to find something beautiful, to go have an adventure. Even if I only have a couple hours, I will go out of my way to look for beautiful places and special experiences. Mm, That is really awesome. And I think that so many of us have been kind of cooped up with this pandemic and to look at those opportunities, no matter how small, uh, to get out and enjoy God's creation is always an important thing. Amen. Yeah. So how did you become a pilot? What inspired that for you? Well, my dad had a huge impact on that. He, he was a, like I said, he was a commercial pilot. He loved it. He was incredibly passionate about it. He uh, had to retire when he turned 60 because that, that at the time was, was federal, federal law, the age limit. And I remember him telling me, I was a teenager at the time. I remember him telling me that he would have paid them to let him continue flying. That was how much he loved it. And so I was, I was introduced to that passion for flying, for traveling. And I ended up choosing to go into the military, became a military pilot and flying has been incredibly fun for a variety of reasons. You know, it's, it's kind of for people who play video games or enjoy a, controlling a complex machine. It's very mentally engaging. You get to work with people, uh, solve complex problems, and you're just constantly surrounded by extravagant beauty in the sky. So it's amazing. That's awesome. And thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Yeah. So what has been some of maybe the unique crafts that you've got to fly or just some of the unique places you've gotten to go to? Sure. Well, I've been I've been blessed to go 
to all except for two continents now. So the only continents I haven't been to are South America and Antarctica. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've been to 40 countries. Wow. And uh, some of those with uh, with the military and some for pleasure. Um, you know, home is home is always special. Home is always dear. But something about going abroad, seeing different landscapes, different peoples, different cultures, it helps you appreciate the just the wonder of creation and the, and the beauty and the tapestry of the earth and the people that fill it. And it gives you just an incredible sense of wonder for the creator himself and gratitude for the simply the blessing of life itself. And how do you see the creator in all of those things? Yeah, so the amazing thing about about Jesus, because it's all about him, the amazing thing is that he's both personal and he's massive. You know, it says in <laughs> it says in Hebrews 1 3 that he he upholds the universe with the word of his power. And 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 in John chapter one, you know, that without him, nothing was made that was made. So everything was made through him and he's holding it all together right now. And yet at the same time, we are one with him, right? We're one spirit. We're joined to him. He's as close as the mention of his name. You were never separate from him. And so there's something really remarkable about that. So for me, like when it comes to traveling, you know, I don't go travel to find God because God isn't God isn't out there somewhere you know hiding in the woods he's right here he never left but but there is something amazing about going on adventures with him going on journeys with him because like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago it's it's impossible to experience the beauty of the creation without experiencing the heart of the creator and so his his mastery of the earth and the diverse landscapes that are on it are meant to draw us to his heart, to his incredible creative brilliance and the warmth of his heart. And so every time I travel, whether I'm in the desert or the mountains or the forests or the ocean, it's it always brings me back to the depths and the riches of his love for us. Yes. And I, I really like what you said there. He is with us no matter where we're at. But sometimes when we go to places that are unfamiliar, we we connect with him in ways that we sometimes maybe even miss in our own homes, in our own communities. Yeah, yeah very true. Yeah. We, so we connect with him in all of these different ways, but has there ever been a time when you have felt distant from God? Sure. So that's a that's a good question. And we need to be clear about about the words that we use, mm -hmm. because like I said, he's never, he never is distant, but it can definitely feel like he is sometimes. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges and the callings of, of walking with Jesus is to recognize this, the space between what I feel and what's actually true and, and, and reconcile my feelings to the truth God's word instead of watering down his word to fit my feelings. So, but to your question specifically, I realize I haven't answered it yet <laughs> to your question. Um, I've gone through a lot of challenges in my personal life as, as I think most of us have in varying ways. 
things that other people have done or things that have been outside of my control, I've never had a lot of difficulty working through those. I've been, typically been able to accept those and say, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to make the most of it. The things that have been harder for me have been times where I made mistakes or or I let other people down or I hurt people that I cared about because I hold myself to a very high standard and that's been hard to walk through. Um, but those have also been the most extraordinary moments in many cases of encountering God's love and encountering mm. his mercy. And I can tell you uh, his, his goodness is never experienced more powerfully than when you think you don't deserve it. I mean, as far as, as far as how to, how to worship him in those moments, you know, how to, how do, how do we come to him when we feel distant from him? How do we approach, approach him again, not approach him in the sense that he's somewhere else, but how do we become more aware of his love when we don't feel like it's true or we don't feel like he's there. And for me, one of the, one of the ways that I've found that's most transformative and impactful in those moments is to get alone somewhere. I love to do it outside, actually, if I can, you know, in nature somewhere. Get alone and talk to him out loud. Mm. Talk to him out loud. Tell him what I'm thinking. Tell him what I'm feeling. And then kind of transition to a, to a time of, of preaching the gospel to myself, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Taking the truth of scripture and speaking it out loud over myself to the Lord in prayers of gratitude uh, in, in first uh, Samuel 36, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. He was going through this incredible time and he encouraged himself. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And I think that's what we're called to do in those moments. So like what, what that'll look like for me Say I've I've gone I'm going through something that's hard I'm hurting I'm I'm feeling really terrible about something that I did or a mistake that I made I'll come to the Lord and I'll say Father thank you for your incredible love for me Jesus thank you that you shed your blood for this for this very thing to wash me of this to nail this to the cross to free me of condemnation to offer me the free gift of righteousness that you saw this from the beginning. And you went to the cross for me to lift this off of me and welcome me to your presence again. And as I pray this way, it, it's, man, it's an incredible encounter with, with the person of Jesus and the love of the Father. And it's, it's like nothing I've, I've ever, ever seen. I definitely have done that before. Um, I love going outside and for me, it's usually singing. I'll like sing all my worries away and then in the process, it, it's crazy. The spirit just kind of changes my sorrows to joys and those proclamations, just like you said, from scripture. And it is a big encouragement to worship even when things are difficult and when things weigh you down. Amen. Yeah, I, I love music as well. It's a huge part of my life. I, am, I love to sing both contemporary and traditional um, worship music. And I was actually was just yesterday talking with some of my friends about Isaiah 12, 2, where it says the Lord is my strength and my song. Something There's something about knowing him, knowing his, his goodness, the, the power of redemption through his blood that, that makes 
worship and thanksgiving overflow out of us. What advice do you have for someone who's just really struggling to worship? Sometimes you can end up in such a low place that that just doesn't feel like natural or even possible sometimes. Agreed. Uh, I've been there. I imagine you have. I think most of us have. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard spot. And that one of the reasons, that is one of the reasons why uh, community fellowship is so important because the, the enemy will try to split us off and isolate us and get us on our own and get us focused inwardly on what we're feeling, on what we're going through, um, and to steer our awareness off of the goodness of God, off of the cross, off of the love of the people in our lives. So it's really important for us to have uh, fellowship with other believers that we can be real with about what we're going through. And those people can encourage us. They can pray over us. They can, Paul talks about bearing one another's burdens. We were never meant to go through life alone. Um, now, if we're in a situation uh, physically, geographically, for whatever reason, where where I can't meet in person with other believers, you know, we have extraordinary technology in our hands. You know, fellowship is at the push of a button now. Um, and But let's just take it a step further. <laughs> Even, let's say I can't connect for whatever reason digitally. I have Wi-Fi is down or whatever. I don't have a signal. Yeah. Okay. So it's just me and I'm super discouraged and I don't feel like worshiping. What do I do? What do I do? Well, I have to remind myself. I have to stir myself up and remind myself who God is. And there are powerful passages that talk about how Jesus is constantly making intercession for us, that the spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So the person of God, the nature of God is constantly praying for us, interceding for us on our behalf, what we're going through. And so we have, we actually have the opportunity to join with him. A lot of times we feel like we have to pray to God mm-hmm. or, or worship a God that is out there somewhere else. And really what I've found is that the invitation is to, to pray with him and to join into this dynamic relationship with the God who is here right now. And for me, that, that awareness that he's not distant, that he's not scared by what I'm going through, um, that he's not mad at me for feeling whatever I'm feeling, that he's felt every, he himself has carried and felt everything that I'm feeling in his body, in his heart, on the tree. So, man, it's, we have to be willing, we have to be willing to embrace the fact that he is right here right here, hasn't gone anywhere, isn't going to go anywhere, and that he is so much bigger than what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, that we are travelers through this time, through this land, that this is not our eternal destiny, and that really it's not about what I'm going through, because circumstances will change and fade, or the kingdoms that we build for ourselves in this life will change and fade, but it's about 
is my relationship with him. That is eternal life, knowing God. And the more that I focus on him, the more that I focus on his love, the more that I stir myself up to be aware of him and focus on him, the problems that I think I have grow smaller and smaller and he gets brighter and brighter. Amen. Like that is such just an encouragement to even just be reminded of. And it is so, it can be very hard in that time to worship, but a reminder of who he is, that he's there for us and that our, that our situations are so temporal. It's a great reminder. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2021. For your safety and comfort, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened for the insane deals the travel industry is offering as they make their comeback from this pandemic. The fastened seatbelt light will remain on until you book your bucket list trip at a fraction of the cost you would have a year ago. Please check around your seat for any personal belongings and check with us to find out how we can rebook you if your travel dates change. At this time, you may use your cell phones to call Christian Travelers Network at 615-241-2151 or email us at christiantravelersnetwork at gmail.com to learn what deals our travel agency can provide that aren't available to the general public or to find out more about our faith-based travel resources. On behalf of Christian Travelers Network, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast and we look forward to traveling with you again when you are ready. a reminder of who he is that he's there for us and that our that our situations are so temporal this makes me think of though this spiritual warfare that i think is going on in our world today i think satan's really trying to isolate us um and kind of wear us down and i i see so much division in our culture in uh, our communities how do you, what would you say to that and just the aspect and the importance of worship as well? Absolutely. We were born into a war. Uh, whether we like it or not, we can put our heads in the sand and pretend it's not real. Um, or we can kind of go extreme on the other end and freak out and think there's a devil under every rock. <laughs> Neither of those approaches is healthy, but... There absolutely is spiritual warfare happening. And the battlefield of the war is our minds, our hearts, our awareness. And the weapons are lies on one side and truth on the other. So, you know, the Bible talks about strongholds. And the you think about a castle um, or a fortress it's designed to keep things in and keep things out, and you can have uh, you can have a, a, a stronghold that protects truth and keeps lies out, or you can have it the other way that protects lies and keeps truth out. And I've personally experienced both. Many of us have, you know, probably known people that are deceived in a certain way, and when you try to try to tell the truth to them, they actually resist it. They don't want to hear it. You know, that's that's kind of an example of a stronghold in the other way. So. Absolutely, there is spiritual warfare on on a grand scale on the earth in the affairs of nations and kingdoms. Uh, I think that the spiritual warfare that we need to concern ourselves with most is not 
politics or global affairs or things like that, but it's more what's happening in my inner world, what's happening in my heart, in my thoughts, in the way that I'm thinking about the people around me. Uh, and because that's where lies take root, that's where bitterness takes root and unforgiveness takes root and anger takes root. And then those things overflow into our actions and people are hurt and the cycle becomes, uh, the cycle propagates brokenness. But we're called to be ministers, not of condemnation, but ministers of reconciliation. Um, so I'm rambling a little bit, but to your main question, uh, uh, worship. How does worship relate to spiritual warfare? Well, worship changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. Around. I mean, just from a physics standpoint, singing puts vibration into into the atmosphere. So, I mean, I know that sounds kind of new agey when you start talking about vibration, but I mean, literally, that's what you're doing when it comes to physics. But if we then conceptualize spiritual warfare on top of it as, as truth and lies swirling around, Paul describes Satan as the prince of the power of the air. So he's going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, right? And we know that truth and lies are the way that the warfare is waged. So if I'm singing truth, I'm worshiping God, I'm declaring who he is and what he's done for me, and the truth of the gospel, I'm singing that, I'm filling the literal space around me with truth, and I'm altering the physical and spiritual, you know, the natural and supernatural atmosphere around me. And I mean, we've all experienced it. You walk into a, into a, into a church or maybe a home where, where worship is happening and it feels different. It, there's, some, there's this incredible peace and glory and presence. And that's not just an emotion. That's not just hype. Like it's a real thing. And so the way that we worship, particularly if we don't feel like we want to because we're going through something hard, it's really important to do that because it, it alters the very fabric of reality. I really like that visual of it changing the the truth, changing the dynamics of the space around us. And I have experienced that with people who have really been strong in their faith and they are giving off those fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And it it's you can't disregard it. It's there and while sometimes God feels untangible because we can't see him, uh, it still can be in those dynamics around us. And then even if we can't always see him, even in times when it is hard and he feels distant, distant, but he is there, um, just surrounding ourselves with that community, as you said, is so important too. So I, I really appreciate that. Amen. Yeah. You said something, uh, you said something that I wanted to quickly touch on because it's been powerfully on my heart recently. Um, and that's the issue of, you know, connecting with God when we feel like we can't see him when we feel like, you know, we talked earlier about if, when he feels distant, um, there's a, there's an incredible section in second Corinthians chapter three, chapter four. Uh, it's actually right where he talks about the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of reconciliation, like I just mentioned, but anyway, he mentions the how we are looking at the Lord with unveiled faces. It's in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we're being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to another. 
But that begs the question, what exactly is the glory of the Lord that we're supposedly beholding, right? Because that's kind of an, a sort of ambiguous spiritual term, you know, glory. What? Okay, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm looking at the sunset? Am I looking at a cross? Am I reading my Bible? What is the, the glory of the Lord? Well, he answers that question for us, actually, uh, about a paragraph down in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. He says, for God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah, it's, I, I read that and I was like, whoa, because, because it steers us back to the person of Jesus. And it's so easy sometimes to, to be like, oh, well, I don't know really what God is like. He's sort of out there somewhere and just up in the sky. It's like, no, no, no. He revealed himself to us. Like Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So when we want to know, well, what's God like? What makes him sad? What makes him angry? How does he respond to, to super judgy religious people? How does he respond to super sinful people? How does he, like, we have this incredible wealth of experiences of God walking around on the earth to see what he is like. And his face is the glory of God. So whenever I start to feel like, God, where are you? What do you think about this, that, or the other? I'm reminded of this. And I'm like, I need to spend time face to face, face to face with Jesus and remind myself of his heart and who he is. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, that um, I think as a society, we are afraid of the word truth, but that speaks the truth of who he is and what his heart is and um, where he casts judgment, where he casts love. Like it was all for our betterment, all for our relationship with him and understanding that truth, recognizing that truth and not just going, well, God, what do you think about this and distorting scripture or watering it down? We can look at exactly how he acted and how he reacted um, to see what the truth is, um, I guess, Amen. in all of that. Amen. Yeah. Okay, well, Skylar, is there anything else you would like to touch on today about worshiping in hard times? You know, we talk a lot about the, the valleys and the mountaintops and Sometimes life can feel like a roller coaster. But I've gotten a sense during my travels and my times with the Lord that even though there are physical valleys on the earth and there are physical mountaintops on the earth, and that there are times that where events are harder and events are easier in our lives, that He actually wants to elevate our awareness to elevate the, the depth and the, the dynamic intensity of our connection with him to the point that our lives are less of a roller coaster and more of a you know, steady beam of light through a dark world mm -hmm. uh, because he he said it was in john i want to say maybe chapter 10 i'm not sure but jesus said my my peace I give to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. It's not the kind of peace that the world gives. Right? Mm. 
don't let your don't let your heart be troubled neither let them be afraid and there's something powerful there you know and this relates to worshiping in hard moments because we have to remember that it's very easy to sometimes pray based on how we feel mm-hmm. instead of praying based on the truth so sometimes we can come along and say god god give me peace or god give me this or give me that when his word says that we already have it Jesus has given me peace. So really, the praying and worshiping that we're called to do is less about begging him to give me something that I don't feel like I have and more about thanking him for it and declaring it over ourselves and soaking in the reality of that truth. And that's where faith meets our experience and actually brings it into reality. So I've seen that so many times, um, but it's, it's, I just wanted to touch on that because it's, it's very easy to pray prayers in the valley, kind of begging for God to pull us up to the mountaintop. When Paul says in Ephesians 1 that we are, we are already seated in heavenly places with Christ, right? So it's kind of like, well, I'm already there, so why do I need to ask him to take me there? What I need to do is stir my heart to believe the reality of that. And going to physical mountaintops in the natural has has really helped me with that because God has spoken to me in multiple you know mountain summits and told me that like you can carry the 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 essence fragrance of the high places of the earth in your heart wherever you go you don't have to go to the top of a mountain to feel like you're on the top of a mountain and it's just like paul talks about how we carry uh, the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere so that has been something that he's built in me and i think it's something that he's calling believers to be steady and solid in what he has accomplished and what he has given to Amen. I like that. I like uh, as travelers, we can carry that joy and carry those mountaintop experiences with us. Amen. Um, so Skylar, one of the questions that I always ask our guests is what has been your biggest God moment in all of your travels? Yeah. And that's a really tough question. <laughs> I, I have actually spent some time thinking about that. I, I don't know that there's one single mm-hmm. one single one that I could I could really pull out of the pull out of the pack. Mm-hmm. I will say that there have been there have been several occasions that I can think of where uh, one occasion I was driving in Florida and I had just kind of an offhanded thought to to uh, park my car and go for a walk. It was almost sunset and the sunset was nice. It was, you know, kind of an average sunset. Um, I don't know if there is such thing as an average sunset, but that's how it seemed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I had somewhere to go. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But, 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 but then I decided to honor that, to honor that feeling, that sense. So I, so I stopped and I went for a walk. Within about five minutes, the average sunset turned into probably one of the top 
three sunsets I've ever seen in my life. And not only was it an amazing sunset, looking west from this bridge that I was on, it was a dazzling sunset with, you know, the, the hundred shades of, of cloud layers and the pinks and the golds and the oranges, and just dazzling. So that's amazing to begin with. Then when I turn around and look the other way, there's a double rainbow, horizon to horizon, full arc, like from the ground up over the full arc of heaven and down to the ground on the other side. And it was just uh, beyond words, like glory and beauty beyond words. And and it, it, it just it wrecked me because, because, you know, God is... He does those things just because he loves us. He does those things just because it's who he is. Like he he is beautiful. He beauty begets beauty. He creates beauty. It's it's an integral part of who he is. And sometimes we we try to answer like the why question. Well, 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 why does beauty exist? There's no why. It's it's just because it's it's beautiful. It's who God is. It doesn't serve a utilitarian purpose. It serves a purpose to stir our hearts and draw us to the goodness and the wonder and the majesty of God. And, you know, and he just wants us to encounter him and he's filled the earth with glory to invite us to his heart. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. And I love how I, it almost ties back to where you started that uh, this episode saying that we really do experience the creator in his creation. Amen. Yeah. Well, Skylar, thank you so much for joining us. How can our listeners find you outside of this episode? Absolutely. So uh, I am on Instagram. My username is more than watchmen, which is uh, taken from Psalm 130, uh, verse 6, which says, My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. Um, and uh, additionally, I'm on YouTube, uh, same title, more than watchmen. And I genuinely love to connect with people. I, I realize that everyone probably says that, but I, that's why I'm on social media. It's, it's to connect with people, to build relationships. I've had several Instagram friends become real life friends, people who I've met in person and stayed in touch with. And, and so uh, I, take, I, I take that very seriously and I, and I welcome discussion, questions, and fellowship. Awesome. And we will make sure to have links to that in the description below so that they can connect with you. And we have really enjoyed hearing how your take on worshiping in hard times and all of that. So thank you so much for sharing. It's been a real pleasure, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Well, Christian Travelers, I hope that you will be inspired to worship in the hard times and to stir your heart up for joy, just as Skyly reminded us, Scripture tells us to do. So remember to head to our website, christiantravelers.net, to book your next trip or listen to episode 37, Worshiping on Your Commute with Shannon Davis, and leave us a review or share us with a friend if you enjoyed today's episode. But until next time, safe travels and God bless.